0: Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Abuja, Nigeria and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about the end-of-year awards. Can Algeria's Riyad Mahrez make it into the top three for the Ballon d'Or and the Best FIFA Men's Player 2016 award? Also, we have the second part of our interview with former Bayern Munich and Ghana defender Sami Koufou, talking about his football and his faith. This week, he looks back at the heartbreak of losing the 1999 UEFA Champions League final, where Manchester United produced a stunning late comeback.
1: I was crying, I was hit, but he didn't hesitate anything for me. Exactly two years after my hands on the trophy. So it tells you that there's a timing season.
0: Also, we ask whether Yaya Touré's apology to Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola will be enough for him to play for Man City again. The simple
2: fact is that Yaya Toure and Pep Guardiola don't seem to get on and it's not the basis for a successful partnership at Manchester City.
0: Well, first, as we near the end of the year, there'll be much debate as to who have been the best players of 2016. Now, the 2015 FIFA Ballon d'Or award was won by Lionel Messi, ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar, with Yaya Toure the only African among the 23 nominees. Now this year there's been a change and there are now two awards as FIFA has ended its relationship with the publication France Football which runs the Ballon d'Or. So now we have the Best FIFA Men's Player 2016 award and the Ballon d'Or. The 23 nominees for the Best FIFA Men's Player 2016 award include only one African. That's Riyad Mahrez, the Algerian, who won the English PFA Player of the Year award as he won the league with Leicester City. A public online vote will account for 25% of the overall votes, while coaches and captains of national teams and journalists take the rest of the vote. Meanwhile, the Ballon d'Or has 30 nominees and there are two Africans. As well as Mares. there's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the Gabonese, who plays for Borussia Dortmund in Germany. Well, George Weir of Liberia is the only African ever to have won the World Player of the Year Award. That was back in 1995. But since then, other players from the continent, such as JJ Okocha and Wanko Kanu of Nigeria, have at least been in contention. But to Solomon, it's been tough in recent years for Africa. There haven't been many players good enough to challenge for a place in the top three. So how do you see the chances of Riyad Mahrez?
3: This time around, of course, Riyad Mahrez has been, uh, you know, nominated into the top 23. But would he make the top three? And that is the big, big question because if you look at the other players that are, have been nominated that are in there, we always have the two usual suspects: that is Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. But Riyad Mahrez, he has been performing well. His club is doing well in the. European Champions League currently I think he is one player that has shown consistency in as much as his club Leicester is not doing well in the English Premier League, but at the same time, he has shown a lot of consistency in his uh, assists, in his uh, goal-scoring abilities and and, and all that. So I think he has a chance, but is he good enough to make it into the top three? I don't think this year he's going to make it to the top three because the European players and the South American players have a huge advantage over him because we had the Copa America this year. And we also had the European Championship this year. So you're going to have European and South American players whose performance is not just going to be based on club football, but it's also
0: going to be based on uh, the national team football uh, they played for their countries. Yes, good point there, Solomon. And Stewart, how would you rate Riyad Mahrez's chances against the likes of Ronaldo and Messi? Well, it's a really difficult one to
2: predict how this will go, because, of course, Riyad Mahrez is not one of the top three players in the world, uh, you know, alongside Ronaldo and Messi. But on the other hand, his achievements last year, in my view, are even greater than theirs. I mean, okay, Barcelona won La Liga beating Real Madrid by one point, and then Real went on to win the Champions League on penalties from Atletico. So both have been in successful teams. But, you know, given the resources that those two clubs have got, it's not really surprising that they won La Liga and the Champions League. But look at Riyad a player, frankly, a lot of people had hardly heard of at the beginning of last season, playing for a team that had never won the league in their entire history that had just avoided relegation the previous year. And he, along with Jimmy Vardy and possibly Danny Drinkwater, were the three players who drove them to that unlikely amazing success where they took on clubs with much higher wage bills, resources, and beat them. So I think if you're looking for the achievement of the year by an African player that uh, Riyad Mahrez has got a magnificent case because he he was outstanding last year he created so much on the right wing and you know a teammate of his that I talked to said you don't know the half of it what he does in training day in day out just has his teammates gaping in amazement so I think that Riyad Mahrez is there on merit I think his achievement last season is greater than Ronaldo or Messi. But, you know, whether the traditional view that Ronaldo and Messi are the two greatest players in the world will mean that the award will go to one of them, that would be my fear. But I do think that Riyad Mahrez deserves it.
0: OK, Stuart, but um, another factor to consider, uh, this is an award for 2016 as a whole. And while Riyad Mahrez won the English Premier League with Leicester in the first half of the year, there's been a big drop in Leicester's performance in the second half of the year. So uh, could that maybe count against Mahrez? I mean, I think it was going to be hard for Leicester
2: to maintain what he did last year. But they have certainly had some disappointing results. Like at the weekend, uh, they lost at home to West Brom. Incidentally, Ahmed Musa from Nigeria, Riyad Mahrez, and Islam Slimani all played uh, with Jeffrey Sloop on the bench. Interestingly, Jimmy Vardy was omitted uh, on the bench. Came on at half time, with Slimani preferred to him. But I think part of the problem is that Leicester played last season in a particular way. Fast football, creating space for Jimmy Vardy to run into. And I think that teams have worked out how to defend against that. Also, last season, Riyad Mahrez was unstoppable, but now he's being double marked and perhaps his form has dipped a little bit too. I think you'd also have to say that Leicester are really missing N'Golo Kante. They're missing him because of the amount of ground he used to cover on the pitch. And I think that that is probably the biggest issue for Leicester that without him covering the ground so much and freeing space for the other players, his workload was was phenomenal, that they haven't really managed to replace him with a player of the same style.
0: Okay, so we'll see if Riyad Mahrez will do well in these awards. Uh, Now, Solomon, the reigning African Footballer of the Year, that's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, is on the Ballon d'Or shortlist but wasn't even nominated for the Best FIFA Men's Player 2016 award. Uh, The shortlist was drawn up, by the way, by experts from the FIFA Football Committee. So how surprised are you about that? Uh, Aubameyang even scored four goals last weekend for Borussia Dortmund. Steve, I'm very, very surprised about uh, Aubameyang because he
3: was uh, not just the African player of the year. He did so well last season for his club, Brucey Dortmund. He's very, very pro- prolific, and I feel he, he deserved to be out there and he deserved to, to really contest and, and not just be African Player of the Year, but also to be part of the best football players for FIFA. You know, he was the Bundesliga Player of the Year in the 2015-2016 season. He was a Facebook FA Bundesliga Player of the Year in 2016 also. And I feel definitely somewhere, somehow, there must be an error On why he couldn't make it into the FIFA Top 23 Men's Player of the Year uh, in the Top 23, I'm I'm really shocked. I'm so shocked. Somehow, I feel, uh, you know, he is on the same level, if not a better level, compared to Riyad
0: Mahrez, and he deserved to be out there. Yes, I must say, I really agree. And we'll be asking for your thoughts on this on Facebook and on WhatsApp this week. And, to Stuart, it's been Yaya Toure who's been flying the flag for Africa in these awards in the last few seasons. But uh, very understandable that Toure wasn't nominated this year. Well, I think, sadly, it is. And it hasn't been his greatest
2: year. You know, part of the reason is that Yaya Toure is getting older. You know, he's getting towards the end of his career. And of course, he's had his issues with injuries and then falling out with Guardiola. So it really has not been the greatest year
0: uh, in, in his career. Well, thanks, Stuart, and we'll talk more about Yaya Toure later on in the show. Just a week to go to the start of the 2016 Africa Women's Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon, and on next week's show we'll be going in-depth on the tournament. And this weekend, ten World Cup qualifiers on, Nigeria versus Algeria, and Egypt against Ghana, the two biggest games. We'll be analysing the race to the 2018 World Cup in Russia on next week's show, too. But now to the second part of our interview with Samuel Osei-Kufour, the former Ghana and Bayern Munich defender who won the UEFA Champions League in 2001, having suffered a heartbreaking defeat in the final to Manchester United in 1999, where Man United scored two stoppage-time goals to win 2-1. In this in-depth interview with Erasmus Kwao in Accra, Kufour talks about his faith and his football. Before we get on to the Champions League final, Erasmus first asked about the fabulously talented Ghana under-17 team, which won the under-17 World Cup in 1991 with players such as Kufor and Ni Lampte. Kufor says that his experiences at under-17 level were a milestone in his faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. It was
1: me, Odate Lamte, Imanu Diyar, Tomas Michael say We all play small games. And I promise God, if we win this, I'll go to the roadside and go and give to the, the people who blind, leopard, They go and give them money. And we lost the game. And I still did it. And that was, I think, that was the, the door open for me because no matter how the situation is, when you promise God, you have to fulfill your dreams or you fulfill your promise to, towards him. So, I think that was a, a good move for me. God is God, and we have to respect him.
4: You made it to the national team. You just mentioned some of the names. Niyo Dasilamte, Imanodia. These are people you played with, you know, from on the streets of Kumasi. Can you tell me that experience of playing for Ghana as started 1991? That's uh, the 1991 FIFA and the 17 World <laughs> Cup.
1: I think a, that generation put a smile on so many people's face in this country, so far as football is concerned. And then... We won the World Cup through the faith that we have in us and the faith that we have in him. Because every night we, we pray. And I remember the day before the final. Normally, we the players, we pray, we, uh, we, we sing. Some of them were crying and may still rest in peace. One of our colleagues, Nii uh, Auelbeck. When we were praying, I don't know what came over him. He just... Stood up and say, "Thank you, God. Thank you. God. We won one 0 And it happened like that. It happened like that. So we were laughing at him, especially Benoa, our goalkeeper, was laughing at him.
4: This was before the final before of the something.
1: The, the a day before the final. So God, God, our goalkeeper was laughing at him.
4: What, you, what what do you think came
1: over him? I don't know. I don't know. Nobody could just say it because I think we were all of us were praying. And he just said, thank you, God. I think we win 1-0 I think we win 1-0. And after the game, we won 1-0 against Spain. And <laughs> we were just laughing at him again. And he was crying, even though we won the game. But he was crying. And after that crying, it became a joy to all of us. So I think, you know what? God's speaking to us. But I think we have to also listen to what he says all the time to
4: us. Do you think without you being a follower of Jesus Christ, you could have risen to that high in your career?
1: There's so many people who are not believers, but they're still high. you know. But there's so many people who are believers, they're not still high. So God, that's, like I said, God knows his... God choosing people. God said to Abraham, you're my friend. He said to Moses, you're my servant. He said to uh, David, you're son of my own heart. Who can give God advice? Who can dictate for God? Nobody. He does what pleases him. So I think... People should realize that God knows better than we do in every circumstances. So you should just rely on him. If you rely on him, he will do better things for you. Nobody was born dumb, but it comes out with the situation and circumstances. For some people to be a a threat pusher, do you think that they like it? No. You go to hospital, you may think you are sick. But somebody's sickness is even bigger than yours. You may think you are poor, but somebody is poorer than you. You may think you are rich, but somebody is richer than you. You may think you are handsome or beautiful, but somebody is better than you. So, eh, eh, all the fingers are not equal. We cannot get all equal. God said in the, the, the book of life, There will be a master and there will be a slave. So, that's how life is. We can never be the same. God knows He's choosing one.
4: So, you know, a lot of people will look at Dominic. And um, for especially the English fans, the one thing that comes to mind quickly is 1999, the UEFA Champions League final, <laughs> you know, um, with, with, with Manchester United. So, I mean, when you look back at that final, what do you remember?
1: Well, uh, I think everything has its own time. It wasn't our day. It could be in the eyes of the people, but not in the eyes of the Lord. God knows, like I said, God knows better than we do. I was crying, I was hurt, but... He didn't hesitate anything for me. Exactly two years after I had my hands on the trophy. So it tells you that there's a time and season. And if you know there's a time and season, you never make mistakes in life.
4: Did you blame yourself for the defeat?
1: I was. I was blaming myself because I'm a human. But after that, I go to my room. I pray and say thank you, God, for giving me such a great game. Even the victory is not on my side. But I know there's time for me. So exactly two years, I had a, I had a trophy. So, you know, in life, you can never doubt God. Don't doubt him because he's the one who can turn things around. And he turns things around in every second. He said 10 years is one day for him. And one day is 1,000 years for him. So everything is possible
4: with him. You once said on Super Sports that... Um you got a lot of money out of that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sad yeah, situation. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. what's like that? You know, that's what I said. Nothing happened by accident, you know. A lot of uh, companies want me to do commercial for them because of that crime, you know. So I was doing it for Gigamaster. I was doing for I was doing, I was doing Johnny Walker was doing for uh, Vost and everything in Germany was a huge, was a lot of money that comes on my way. Yeah, but you know, nothing happened by accident.
4: I'm, I'm I'm sure afterwards you've seen the likes of and Nicole Dwight York again. Yeah. I mean, they they just mesmerized by a on the day. Um, how good were they?
1: No, they were strong. They were good good partners. Honestly, they understand each other very well. I met them before we play in the ultra four, and I was there. Put them in my in, in my pocket because I knew who I am. Because they also thought about me. They scared of me. So for them to be in that particular moment with. Scholes and Beckham, Giggs and Raikin, they have amazing attacking force. But you have to be alert every time because these two players were much dangerous.
0: That's former Ghana and Bayern Munich defender Sammy Kufour talking to Erasmus Quell. And just in case you're too young to remember, the 1999 UEFA Champions League final produced one of the most incredible comebacks ever as Bayern Munich led in the sixth minute and was still 1-0 up after 90 minutes, only for Teddy Sheringham and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to score for Man United in stoppage time to win 2-1. Well, in the final part of our interview next week, Kufour tells us how he dealt with a much bigger tragedy than that defeat, the death of his daughter who drowned in a swimming pool at home. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show any To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website, PlanetsportFootballAfrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at PlanetsportFA. But now we turn to Facebook and to WhatsApp and last week we reported on the news that Ivory Coast striker Wilfred Bonney had finally scored his first goals for Stoke City as he scored twice in the win over his former club Swansea and it ended a run of 23 games without scoring. So we asked will Bonney keep on scoring for Stoke now? Well, first on Facebook, and Amadou Mane in The Gambia says Bonnie is a top striker. He has the ability to score goals at any club. He just made a mistake by moving from Swansea to Man City, but I believe scoring these two goals will help him to gain some confidence. Amadou Khan, also in the Gambia, agrees. He says Wilfred will continue with this good start at Stoke. Man City was not right for him, but he has his team now and will return to his best because he's among the best strikers in West Africa. Basiru Ibn Usman says after ending 23 games without scoring and now scoring twice is a great achievement. Bonnie is a world-class striker. He has the ability and technique to score from any angle. I think he's found his scoring boots once again, says Basiru. On to what's up now and a different perspective from Ebrima Ambo in Palermo in Italy. He says, I think it'll be really difficult for Bonnie to continue scoring because Stoke lack the attacking football that Bonnie needs. But Belong Badgie in the Gambia is more optimistic. He says, yes, Bonnie can keep on scoring because he's a player who's always in his game mood. He's involved in the build-ups and keeps his eye on the ball, which makes it easy for him to do those diagonal and horizontal movements on the pitch. Thanks for that one, Balong. And Nuhu Bakayoko in Libya agrees. Nuhu says, I believe Bonnie can keep scoring for Stoke. He's a great striker who'll always be in a position to score goals. Moving on now, and at the end of last week, Yaya Toure broke his silence in a bid to restore his relationship with Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola. The Ivorian said I wish to apologise on behalf of myself and those who represent me, adding that I've nothing but respect for Manchester City and only wish the best for the club. Now if you remember, Toure hasn't played for City since August after his agent Dimitri Seluk claimed that Toure had been humiliated by being left out of City's Champions League squad. Well, City boss Pep Guardiola said at the time that he would not pick Toure again until Seluk apologised for criticising that decision. So on What's Up this week, we asked, do you think Toure will get to play for City again after his apology? Is the apology enough to satisfy Guardiola? Well, this has generated a lot of opinion. Ishmael Saidu Kanu in Sierra Leone says, I believe Pep will give him a second chance because he's done what Pep wanted. But honestly, I believe their relationship will not be that cordial anymore, so I advise Seluk, the agent, to find another club for Toure in the next transfer window. Also in Sierra Leone, Alan MJ Campbell says, Based on the previous relationship between Toure and Guardiola at Barcelona, Yaya will definitely play again for Man City, but not as frequently as he did in the past. To Malawi now, and Gift J. Piri says, "'Apology is the only remedy to end the dispute. "'Touré's made the right decision. "'This will enable him to come back to the field of play.'" Basiru Sala from the Gambia got in touch for the first time. "'Great to have you with us, Basiru. "'And he says, "'I think Toure's made a very good step "'by apologising on behalf and for his agent. "'Yaya is a world-class player "'and a role model to many players based here in Africa.'" I hope that Guardiola will include him in the team again. Ousmane Obi-Turay, also in the Gambia, says, I think Pep's decision to drop Toure was unfair and baseless, but I just hope that with this apology, Pep will have a place in his heart to forget about the issue once and for all and to start a new chapter with Yaya." Albert Kadzombe now in Malawi says, The way I see it, Pep has no problem with Toure, but with his agent Dimitri Seluk. If the apology was from Seluk, definitely Yaya would have been included in the city squad. But since Seluk hasn't apologised, Pep will continue to humiliate Toure. And if I were in Seluk's shoes, I would just apologise for the sake of the client, Toure. Odipo Morris in Kenya says the issue of Toure and City goes way back to last year. I personally believe that City have not appreciated Toure's impact in putting the team where it currently is. And finally, Amadou Toure in The Gambia says, From my point of view, Yaya will play some part this season as he has apologised. I think Pep will give him some minutes in the FA Cup or maybe even in the Premier League. I'm just wishing Yaya all the best this season so that he can prove Pep wrong. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. Uh, Sorry if we didn't have time to include yours on the show. Well, Stuart, uh, what do you say? Do you think that Toure's apology is enough to satisfy Guardiola? I don't think I can see Guardiola changing his mind
2: and putting Toure into the team. And of course, this is not just about what has happened in the last six months. It's going back to Barcelona and for whatever reason, Guardiola doesn't seem really to rate Yaya Torre, and uh, I don't think there's anything that Yaya Torre can do about this. I mean, I've said previously in this programme, uh, had I been Yaya Torre, I would have left Manchester City in the summer, found a new club, found a new challenge and I would expect him to do that in January because, you know, whatever the background is and we'll never know... The simple fact is that Yaya Torre and Pep Guardiola don't seem to get on and it's not the basis for a successful partnership at Manchester City.
0: Okay, we'll see. Uh, Thanks, Stuart. Uh, Stay with us. Uh, This week on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, does Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang deserve to be on the FIFA Player of the Year shortlist? Earlier, we talked about the Ballon d'Or and the FIFA Best Men's Player 2016 awards. There are two Africans on the shortlist for the Ballon d'Or. That's Riyad Mahrez and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. But uh, Aubameyang does not make it onto the shortlist for the Best FIFA Men's Player award. Do you think that Obameyang should have been nominated for that one? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, let's talk more about the English Premier League now. Uh, Stuart, it's an international break this weekend, so let's reflect on the race for the title so far. What a race it is, and Chelsea and Liverpool both looking good. Well, yes, I mean, we did say that this is the closest one ever, but I just wonder if we
2: saw a significant weekend with Liverpool and Chelsea each winning by five goals. And let's start with a Liverpool 6, Watford 1. And don't forget that Watford are in 8th place in the league, so it's not a relegation team that Liverpool beat. Sadio played and scored. Poor old Daniel Sturridge came off the bench after 70 minutes with Liverpool 5-0 up and proceeded to hit the crossbar twice. Liverpool missed three other chances, so it could easily have been 10 or 11. And just somehow, Jurgen Klopp has got Liverpool playing an exciting attacking brand of football. Watford are no bad team, but as I say, they could easily have shipped 10 or 11 goals. And I mean, you could say the same thing about Chelsea 5, Everton 0 at kickoff everton were sixth in the premier league just outside the top four you might say and uh, you know after the game uh, their england international tom cleverley said you just feel inferior we're going back to liverpool with our tails between our legs now victor moses didn't score for chelsea but he had an excellent game and has now really established himself in that Chelsea team, which, as we said before, is no mean feat when you think of the strength of that squad. Now, Manchester City seemed to have won their game against Middlesbrough through a goal by Sergio Aguero, which was incidentally his 150th league goal for Man City. But then, in stoppage time, Martin de Roon headed an equaliser. Now, that means that Manchester City have drawn their last three home games and uh, are just struggling to get a win in the Premier League. And incidentally, Kelechi Iganacho was only on the bench and didn't get on the pitch until the 90th minute. And, of course, Yaya Torre was, was not in the squad.
0: Well, very interesting. Thanks very much, Stuart. Uh, before we go, this week on WhatsApp and on Facebook, we're asking for your thoughts on Pierre-Emerick Obermeyang. Does he deserve to be on the FIFA Player of the Year shortlist? He does make it onto the Ballon d'Or shortlist along with Riyad Mahrez, but Mahrez, the only African for the FIFA 2016 Men's Player of the Year Award. Does Aubameyang deserve to be on the shortlist for that one? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp to plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780. Or log on to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, from Solomon Oshoms in Nigeria, and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.